Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio Show number 449, Keeping a Happy Workplace While Maintaining Productivity. Today we're going to be talking about how leaders can help teams become personally closer more productive and happier by developing their spiritual intelligence. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. The Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private, and third sectors. If you go to our website, engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. So my guest today is Amy Lynn Durham, who's CEO of Create Magic at Work. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are and what you do. Who am I? <laughs> That's a deep question, really. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm a former corporate executive that uh, worked in the grind in the telecom industry for many, many years. And I decided to leave that and kind of embark on a new journey that I feel is my life purpose uh, to bring heart and human connection to the workplace. So I left my corporate executive job in May of 2019. I wrote a book called Create Magic at Work. I became a UC Berkeley certified executive coach. And then I discovered uh, spiritual intelligence, which I was already um, utilizing in my business, but I, what I did discover was the 21 skills that were already created, um, designed for the workplace. So I dove into that and here we are pandemic hit and I had started this whole new business. I, I was laying on the couch with COVID and my, my book arrived in boxes in the mail. And I was like, well, this is going to be interesting because I didn't plan for this. Uh, so it's been it's been quite a ride, and um, yeah. So create magic at work is is two parts. We do workshops, experiential workshops for uh, companies to help them skill build and emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence to really improve workplace culture from a from a true true place. And then I do private one on one coaching with uh, high level leaders, and it's been it's been amazing. Very grateful for what I get to do. Lovely. Well, thank you for joining us. And so let's start by talking a bit about uh, spiritual intelligence and, uh, and I guess, you know, probably touching on emotional intelligence because that's where that started for you. But, you know, what is spiritual intelligence? And, and then I think we can talk about those skills that you mentioned. But, uh, yeah, what is spiritual intelligence and how does that apply in the workplace? Yes. Great question, because anyone listening is probably like, how do, how do I talk about this at work? Or what, what is that even? Because a lot of people don't want to discuss religion in the workplace. And the cool thing about spiritual intelligence is the framework is, is that it's a faith neutral 
practice. You can be atheist, you can be agnostic, as long as you believe there's a place within you that comes from wisdom and compassion and love, you can skill build in the, the skills of SQ, spiritual intelligence. If you could um, envision like a, a pyramid, this is how it usually lands with most people explaining it, sort of similar to Maslow's hierarchy. The first uh, part of the pyramid, the foundation would be PQ, your physical intelligence. The next layer would be IQ, which is your intelligence quotient. The next layer from there would be EQ, which is your emotional intelligence. And then the very top of the pyramid is SQ, spiritual intelligence. So the reason why I brought up emotional intelligence is because leaders in the workplace are very, very familiar with EQ. It's been discussed quite a bit. And I like to view EQ or emotional intelligence as the stepping stone to SQ. And if you study the adult okay. development theory, it, it sort of matches that. Um, people start, their brains are developed enough to have compassion in a, in a high level way that usually starts around their mid to early 20s in the adult development theory. And then when you hit your early 30s, that's the part where you can really start working on the 21 skills of SQ. And, and this, I mean, we're all human, so there's exceptions, but that's the part of your life where you're pondering what your life purpose might be. Why are you even working at this job? <laughs> what kind of impact mm -hmm. do you really want to make in the world and in your life? And spiritual intelligence at the end of the day is really where it's at with all of that. It's the skills give you the ability to maintain inner and outer peace, uh, regardless of, of a situation you find yourself in, even when you're under great stress. So I always say it's a daily practice and it's a, it's a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. And so let's touch a bit about the 21 skills that you talked about. And we've, we've got, you know, less than 21 minutes so we're not going to be speaking about them all in any great detail but um you said that they sort of existed and and you sort of then um sort of brought them together when you were looking more at the spiritual intelligence what what are they what how do they apply yeah so uh cindy wigglesworth is a former hr executive and she designed the 21 skills framework so there's an assessment you can take and there's four different quadrants. It's really similar to EQI. And then you have a coach that can take you through debriefing the assessment. And many of my clients, we use that assessment as an as a foundation and an overarching theme in our in our sessions. And really what the ultimate what the ultimate huge, huge <laughs> idea that we talk about is how do I put my ego aside? and operate from the place within me that comes from wisdom, compassion, and love. When is my ego in the driver's seat? Um, and when can I recognize that? How can I seek guidance from my inner wisdom more? How can I operate from that place more? Those are really, that's really the theme of most coaching sessions. 
um, just an example of what some of the 21 skills are, the most popular ones that the high-level leaders want to dive into with me, they always want to talk about making wise and compassionate decisions. That's a skill. Um, all over LinkedIn, mm-hmm. everyone uh, not everyone, but there's thousands of leaders that identify as change agents. And so one of the yep. skills is being a wise and effective change agent. And, and you can dive deep into that. So that's just a couple examples. What I did with my book for leaders, uh, because I know this is all about employee engagement, I created a tiny activity book that gives you at your fingertips activities that you can do with your team to skill build in EQ and SQ. I mean, it doesn't blatantly say that, but at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. I was listening to right. another one of your episodes on um, Engage for Success, and I heard, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about how snacks and a meditation app and, um, you know, paying for those type of benefits isn't really, doesn't really transform workplace culture because people need to connect. Mm-hmm. This is how you connect people. And so in my mm-hmm. book, I put these field-tested activities that I did with my employees and my corporate executive job that really connected each other, found out our why together, and moved us forward to be extremely uh, productive, profitable, and happy. So these Mm -hmm. activities really help in that way. So we're always looking at um, culture within organizations and, and, you know, trying to make things better. And, and, you know, there's a lot of focus at the moment um, about well-being, particularly obviously post-pandemic and all that sort of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Is this the answer to to that? So, um, you know, everyone's always looking for what they should be doing differently. And we talked about the title of the show being about having a happy workplace and maintaining productivity. Is spiritual intelligence the answer? And if so, how do we use it? What do we need to do in organizations? I'm really passionate about it because I do feel like it is the answer. And we don't have to even call it spiritual intelligence. It's just going beyond EQ. You know, EQ, emotional intelligence, yeah, yeah, I have some self-awareness of my emotions. Yes, I have an emotional management strategy at work. Yes, I can build connections great, how do you take that to the next level? How do you become a next level quantum leader? This is quantum leadership that we're talking about. How do you understand that if you create connection in the workplace, authentic connection, it is going to boost your productivity and profitability. Companies with high employee engagement are 21% more profitable. Companies with happy employees outperform the competition by 20%. And I love this one. Close work friendships boost employee satisfaction by 50%. I I can't tell Mm -hmm. you how many times I've heard, oh, well, my, you know, my supervisor doesn't want me to be friends with anyone at work or to connect with anyone because they're they're worried that that's going to, like, blur a line. Obviously, we're adults, and we have to maintain professionalism, (laughs) but we should be encouraging Mm -hmm. connection. And what I offer in Create Magic at Work 
are simple tools where if you're a leader and you're like, well, this all sounds amazing and this quantum leadership and this spiritual intelligence and change, this sounds great, but it sounds overwhelming to me. That's okay. Because what I did was I put these simple activities in Create Magic at Work, and I'll share a couple that help you dip your toe in the water and sort of get started. You know, one of them is just start a meeting off sharing a piece of gratitude. I tried to keep it super simple. Have everyone go, go around and share what they're grateful for, for the week, the weekend, their day. It could be personal. It could be business. If you really don't know where to start, that's a great one because everyone's going to hear what the other person says on their team and they're going to feel much more connected to them. And then I take it all the way (laughs) to with my team and my employees, you know, we were intention setting, we were lighting paper, we were writing our goals on paper and lighting them on fire and letting them fly up into the air and once you get really close with your team and create that synergy, you can start moving um, into more magical, fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so these leaders and organizations looking at this could start with some of those exercises. Um, one of the things you talked about is about the thing about putting egos aside. Um, Mm-hmm. What what else can people do? What 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 does that actually mean as a, as a, a leader? Because I think you know it's quite easy to say that you're going to do that, but in reality, it's mm-hmm. probably quite hard to do so and to change how how you behave. Um, so as an individual leading people and thinking about doing that, putting your ego aside and being aware of spiritual um, intelligence, what what can leaders do themselves? One thing to keep in mind is. If you're in a position of power or perceived power or, you know, or leadership, whatever energetic space you're holding at the time or whatever you're feeling at the time ripples out to the people that are on your team 10 times over. So if you're operating from a place of fear, anger, apathy, negativity, that is going to ripple out to your team 10 times over. There's a lot of data that that shows that. So it's really important that you do the inner work as a leader to make sure that you're operating from a high level. One of the skills in SQ is being a calming and healing presence. And I, I think that that's a really great one to dive into because if you are operating from that space, it will ripple out to your team 10 times over. So imagine what your organization can look like in that way. As far as to your question with the ego, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. As long as we're practicing every day to access our own inner wisdom, and there's all sorts of things you can do through the coaching process and learn what works for you, as long as you're practicing and on the journey, that's good enough for me <laughs> because we are going to make mistakes. <laughs> and, and the one thing that I don't want to get across is that, oh, it's just all perfect. And because then you'll beat yourself up if you're, if you're trying and um, 
things don't go the way that you think they should go. So if you're recognizing mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. feeling stressed out or that you're lashing out at people, you know, taking a step back, trying to see see the other person, put yourself in their in their shoes or look at the world through their eyes. There's all sorts of coaching skills that you can do with that. One thing I, I want to note, though, is I have I understand the responsibility. I've been there. I understand the stress that, that can occur with managers and leaders in the workplace. And often I find that that you they need to be wise and compassionate for themselves. That is typically the majority of my clients. Yes, they're actually really good at being wise and compassionate towards others. However, they need to work a little bit more on boundary setting for themselves and um, to Mm -hmm. avoid burnout because sometimes you'll run into the leader that thinks that sitting on the phone and letting um, an employee vent to them and taking all that on for 30 minutes an hour is being a good leader and a team player and really it's draining them just as an example. Right. So what what should they do differently? You talked about boundaries. What what can they do to yeah, stop usually, themselves becoming burnt out? Absolutely. If if I have a client that we talk about making wise and compassionate decisions, often we'll uncover that they need to make wise and compassionate decisions for themselves and then we'll mm-hmm. do some coaching around what that looks like for them. What does what boundaries do they need to set? What feels good for them? And it's different for everyone. So it takes some time to really sit together and figure out what works and, and what, they're, what action steps they're going to take to make that happen. I had a client one time that was given mm-hmm. a huge project, and she was so overwhelmed. And she said, Amy, I can't be successful with this project because I'm in Zoom meetings all day talking about the project. <laughs> I don't have time to work on the project. <laughs> and yeah. she needed to make wise and compassionate decisions for herself, set some boundaries. She came up with a list of what she needed to be successful. And she brought it to her um, her supervisors and said, this is what I need. I need. I need less Zoom meetings talking about this. I need time on the treadmill. I need quiet time for my creativity to come forward and make this successful. And she, she got really clear on what she personally needed to be successful. And, and, I mean, that's why I love this stuff, because the transformation that occurs is, um, is really quick and um, yeah. magical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said, you said already it's about sort of being sort of open and honest. How can, how can our leaders help people to be like that. I mean, we've talked a lot in recent years about bring your whole self to work and we've we've sort of we've inevitably inevitably done that through the pandemic with people, you know, beaming into our sitting rooms and bedrooms and wherever else we've been working sort of thing. So we've you know, we've we've not been able to put on our our sort of work facade or work mask as we walk through the door because we didn't have any doors to walk through. People came came into <laughs> our houses sort of thing. Um, so you know the whole bring your whole self to work and be more real and more you has has certainly mm-hmm. 
got um, you know a lot more momentum in in recent years. And this sounds to me, you know, similar as well. And that you've got to be open, you've got to be more vulnerable, and so on. How can how can organisations help, or how can team leaders help their people to become more vulnerable and to and to do this sort of stuff? Because um, you know, a lot a lot of sort of stuff in the past has been about creating a like almost a story about who we are and a, and a sort of uh, barriers so that people don't see behind them they don't see the real you because that might not be right because you might not be fitting in with you know the corporate culture or the expectations or whatever else whereas now we're saying we want people to be more real how can we help them to do that and give them that confidence well first of all if you're going to say you want people to be more real you need to mean it Because often I'll see we want everyone to come and be more real and be their authentic selves, but be, be like us in that way, but still make sure you're like how Mm. we are. (laughs) And that's not, that's not true. That's not. And so one thing that came to mind, if we just want to offer one tip is I would not be afraid of mistakes and failure and encourage it with my wow. team. I think that's one small key, large actually, uh, to helping people be more authentic in the workplace because it takes away their fear of failure. If they're working on a new project, wow. if they're, um, you know, if they have a goal they need to achieve, if we accept mistakes and failure more, we get more authenticity, and we get more innovation and inspiration. I think we should have meetings around perceived failure and have the entire meeting talk about the, the learning lessons from that, what, came, what good came out from that, all of those things, because that's what takes you into that quantum space. The quantum leader lives yeah. on the edge of chaos and understands that crazy innovative things can happen from those moments and it let's start playing around with that let's start testing that theory and let's see what happens because i think just removing that one fear can really help people not be afraid to be who they are and i think that's a this is a really deep topic right <laughs> and some some mm-hmm. people work on who who am i their whole life. Um, I think we just need to have systems that support where each person is and allow for that psychological safety. What about those people who who don't want to do it, who don't see the Mm -hmm. need to know what their purpose in life is and they just want to come to work and do their job and go home and they they, they see this stuff as being, uh, you know, a bit too... Uh, I don't know, philosophical or, or whatever. What about mm. those people? Yeah. Well, <laughs> great question. So that's okay. <laughs> Wherever you're at in your life and your journey, that's fine. My opinion is leaders that feel that way with the new way that we're working and with the way that um, the workplace environment is trending, that you will be left behind. 
as far as having a competitive uh -huh. edge. Uh, people will not line up to work for you versus working for someone that is operating from a spiritual intelligence or, or quantum leader space because they will feel that energy mm -hmm. and they will be attracted to it. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so one of the um, things we do before we, we start is we talk about potential questions. And, and the one that has intrigued me and I'm going to ask you is um, – to finish the show is why is beer after work not a team building exercise <laughs> <laughs> i highlighted that because i came from that world and it's like oh let's just go have a beer with everybody and that's how you're going to connect and i am not opposed <laughs> to having a really good cocktail but um i always say bring some heart and meaning to the situation so if you're going to have a team build where you have a few beers after work or together make sure you you do an activity that connects. I always made sure I did a, an activity that, that connects everyone, whether it was, and they're in my book, there's ideas in my book, but you know, I would bring cards for everyone to pull and share the, the message that they got and what, how that meant to them, or I would make everyone bring their favorite quote or their favorite passage and we would, we would be at the bar and we would read them to each other and and really soak in and, and be present for the, for the other people. And we still had fun. So just make it, add the heart and meaning yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, from an inclusivity point of view, that also sort of, you know, means that people who don't drink and don't, you know, don't want to sort of be in those environments particularly will would still find something from that opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're just moving into the last few minutes of the show. What what uh, top tip or three tips? <laughs> One or three? <laughs> You've got to have all the numbers. Um, <laughs> you want to leave our listeners with? Sure. Well, I would say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you're in a leadership position, just know that it's a gift, and it you should take that gift very seriously, and you're responsible to ensure that you are operating from a place of wisdom and compassion that will ripple out throughout to your team and um, do whatever mm -hmm. resonates with you to continue to grow and lead in that way. And the, fi the one final thing I'll say is, you know, just try to make decisions that um, not only leave a ripple effect for your customers and employees, but for the community, for humanity, and the planet as well. Lovely. That was a great way to finish. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. This has been really great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. And to let you know, next week we've got Joel Trammell, who's founder and CEO of Chorus Systems and leading CEO educator. And he's joining Joe Moffat, and they're going to be talking about mental shifts and fundamentals that will boost confidence and transform ordinary managers into extraordinary ones. So join Joe next week. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.